not only will retaining your good clients allow you a more predictable income, but it also just means less time out there cold pitching and acquiring new freelance clients. And on top of that, the longer you write for a client, the quicker you can get work done for them. You just work more efficiently and even have time to take on additional clients and make more income. What does it actually take to build these strong relationships with clients and keep them for longer periods of time? In other words, what do clients look for in a freelance writer? And that's what I'm going to be answering in this video. By the end of this video, you'll not only feel confident that you're doing a good job and that your freelance client likes you enough to keep you on for the long term, but you're also going to feel like your bases are covered and you're doing what you need to do to ensure your income as a freelance writer. I'm Christine, the creator of paidcopywriter.com. I create freelance business tips for people who want to work from home, doing a job they love, which is writing. I share a lot about my own story about how I broke free from my nine to five and became a full-time freelancer with no experience. If you want to learn copywriting, content writing, and freelance business tips for free, you're definitely going to want to subscribe to this channel. And below, you're going to find a link to my free LinkedIn guide. It'll tell you a little bit about how I use LinkedIn to build my freelance copywriting career from scratch. And I think you'll really enjoy that free download. So don't miss that. Client retention tip number one is going to be how you communicate with clients, how clear and how prompt you are in answering emails, your willingness to get on a call with them. Something I talk about a lot on this channel is how to feel confident getting on calls with freelance clients. It really is the difference between the writers who are not making enough to get by versus the full-time freelance writers who are earning six-figure incomes from freelancing is the ability to get on calls and be personable and build trust with your clients. Not only must you be willing to get on those face-to-face -face calls and start this open line of communication with clients, but also just the promptness of your emails. Did you do what you said you were going to do? When you got off the call, did you follow up with them with what they asked for? Or maybe it's a proposal or an invoice. When they asked you a question or reached out to you, did you respond within 24 hours? All of these things send little signals to the client that you are responsive or reliable and that they can trust you. Psychologically, we, we all look for consistency in our relationships, whether it's family, friends, or business. And when that consistency isn't there or if it's wishy-washy or you feel like you're pulling teeth to get a response from someone, it's just not a great way to start a relationship. Try to be as prompt and clear as you can in your communication with clients. If anything, over-communicate if in doubt. In that same vein of doing what you said you're going to do, something you really want to make sure that you do is meet deadlines. This is perhaps one of the most underrated but most important parts of being a freelance writer is just sending that first draft or those edits when you said you would. That's why whenever I get assigned anything by a client, the first thing we always discuss is, okay, what is the due date? It might take you some time in the beginning to understand how long projects take, and it will feel like guessing in the beginning. But no matter what, even if you have to grind it out and hustle, and really hunker down to meet that deadline, I suggest you do it and leave the emergencies for true emergencies because life is going to happen. And there's genuinely times when something happens to your family or you get sick and you won't be able to meet a deadline. Or maybe you just completely overbooked yourself. Whatever the case may be, save those times for true emergencies. And every other time, try to meet the deadline. And if you find yourself really harried and frenzied and feeling rushed, then you have to change your approach and how you communicate your deadlines 
and you have to push back and ask for a longer turnaround time so that you don't feel like you're going crazy. But just being the writer who delivers what they say they're going to deliver when they said they would do it puts you head and shoulders above a lot of freelancers who tend to be flaky. I think with the online world, we don't have as much accountability and it is easy to just forget to send an email or forget to submit something. So set that tone in the beginning of the relationship. Be the writer that meets the deadlines and you'd be shocked at how much this impresses clients. Client retention tip number three is to show appreciation and show hunger. When I say show appreciation, I just mean to show the enthusiasm, say thank you for thinking of me when it comes to this opportunity, when they do assign you work. Try to have a positive, upbeat tone when communicating with clients. You don't want to be groveling and like thanking them and and worshiping them just because they gave you work because you could come across as desperate and as someone who's maybe doesn't have that much going on. But you really do want to at least have a positive note in all of your emails saying, thanks so much, we'll get this back to you. Just have an upbeat tone because people want to know that whoever they're freelancing with and contracting the work to is appreciative and has a positive attitude. And the second part of that equation is showing that you're hungry, letting clients know that you want more work, you want more responsibility, and you are willing to put in a little bit extra to make them happy. And I know a lot of people talk about client boundaries and how to set them and how to make sure you're not getting walked all over, but there is a time and place where you do want to go above and beyond for your clients and show them that you care about their business and that you want more from them. So whether that's contributing ideas or sending them a relevant article or just kind of keeping in touch with them in that way that shows that you are dedicated and that you're hungry and that you want to grow in your freelance career, people will get on your side. They'll understand what your motivations are and they'll actually want to help you in reaching your goals. So if you tell them, hey, I'm a copywriter and I eventually want to write emails or hey, I know I'm writing blogs for you, but my dream would be to you know write your emails and take this over. Don't be afraid to let people know about your intentions. It doesn't mean the client's necessarily going to give you what you want, but it's in the back of their mind. So when the opportunity arises, you might be the first person they think of. So comment down below and let me know what's one thing that you do for your clients that you know that they like. What is a best practice or a tip that you have found that clients appreciate? I would love to hear what other freelancers are doing to go above and beyond to provide value for their clients. Client retention tip number four is very similar to the last one about showing that you're hungry. And that is to contribute new ideas and show that you care about the client's goals. The typical freelance writer is just an order taker. You get on a call or you send a few emails back and forth. Yes, I want blog content. Can you write this? That's really putting your career in the most jeopardy because that is something that anyone can do. But if you're a freelance writer who actually takes the time to understand their overall marketing strategy, even if you're not a marketing expert at this point in time, showing an interest in their overall content strategy will put you light years ahead of other writers. So when you get on a call with clients, instead of just talking about content, ask about their other departments, ask about the demand gen department, ask what the paid advertising team is doing. Try to find out what's going on in their company as a whole, because your client, whether it is somebody in an enterprise company with like what I work for, or even if it's just the CEO and you work for a creator, they have so much more going on than just that one piece of content that they're assigning to you. What you're doing is contributing to a whole ecosystem of how they're trying to generate revenue and move their business forward. The more you ask those questions and show interest in their business as a whole, you really become a business partner, an asset, and not just a writer that creates this one piece of content for them. Contribute ideas, show them examples of what their competitors are doing and share how you would do it for them. It doesn't mean they're going to take your suggestions every time, but that client will feel like you have their back and that you're looking out for them, that you care about their business, and that you are listening to industry trends. It's really how you step into the role of 
of a consultant versus just a writer. For example, I had a client recently reach out to me and say, hey, we want to create thought leadership posts on LinkedIn. And he said, would you like to hop on a call? I said, sure, let's talk about it. Now, most writers would have come to this call probably and just said, okay, what are you looking for? I actually researched and took an hour out of my day to look at what all of their competitors were doing, give them advice and suggestions on what I think would be good for them. Of course, there was a huge learning period where I had to shut my mouth and listen to what he had in mind, but I really think he appreciated that I showed him examples of what I wanted to do and talked about what I had done for other clients. That's the difference between a writer that you just assign work to and a writer who's going to bring their own ideas to the table and help their content strategy. It really lightens the client's load because they already have so much on their plate. If you can make their job easier in any way, why wouldn't you? Client retention tip number five is draw boundaries, but always put customer service first. This is really hard for freelancers to understand because I think freelance writers tend to fall in the camp of having no boundaries, getting walked all over, or being really strict and rigid and not really bending or trying to make the client happy and being really set in their ways and kind of digging their heels in and saying, no, I do not do this, this, and this. I'm very clear with clients about what I expect, what my process is, the type of work I do and do not do, what responsibilities I'll take care of and what I do not take care of. That's having boundaries, is knowing which lines won't be crossed. But there are ways to meet the client halfway, even if it's just having a more friendly tone when they request revisions or ask for a short turnaround time. There's little ways that you can try to show them that, hey, I care about you and I want to honor your request, okay? And the best way to think about this is just put yourself in their shoes and just think about how you would want to be treated as a customer. Anytime I'm dealing with any type of client or customer online, I always think, what would Amazon do? Because I love the experience of buying and returning things on Amazon. I love the experience of their customer service. Now, ethically, Amazon is a whole other story. It probably shouldn't be buying as much from them as I do. I probably should support smaller businesses. But what I will say is that they're just so reliable. They are so amenable and they try to make me happy and they make me feel like, oh, well, I've been part of Amazon for so long and I've spent so much money with them and they're going to go out of their way to maybe give me a refund when technically I didn't qualify for one. They're going to help me print out a label when I couldn't. Something just a little like that and it goes a long way. And even though Amazon is taking the L in that moment, they might be losing money or whatever, they know that long-term keeping me happy is going to ultimately benefit their bottom line. And I think we all have to take those approaches with our freelance business. It's like, yes, this request was kind of annoying, but I do want to make them happy. And I know that if I keep this client, I'll have this stable income. Let me just put my ego or, or my annoyance aside for the moment, do what they said, fulfill on what they asked for and get over it, right? It's really hard because you have to determine when to take that approach, but also when to hold your boundaries firm. And that's something really personal. And it also comes with trial and error. But like I said, have your boundaries, know what you will and you won't do, but also keep customer service first and put yourself in the client's shoes. Now on this subject of keeping clients happy, working with them long-term and creating a predictable, stable freelance income, you're definitely going to want to check out this video I created on retainer packages. Retainer packages are something that freelance writers talk about a lot. It's getting that set amount of work each month. And I refer to it as the steady paycheck version of freelance income. And in this video, I break down the pros and cons and show you real life tangible examples of how I structure my retainers and how you can get on Canva and create your own little retainer package. You can offer this new service and just recurring revenue in your freelance business. Definitely check out that video here and let me know what you think. I hope this helped. Bye.